You're listening to Fortnite Podcast with your host, Too Loud TX and Monster Defense. What up, what up, what up, and welcome to another episode of the Fortnite Podcast. I'm your host, Too Loud TX, and here with me today, the one, the only, the man, the VOD reviewing grinding machine himself, Monster D-Face. What's going on, bro? Hey, man, you said it. We going hard in the paint. I feel like, you know, Content Monster's back. I, I, I really felt like I took a season off, you know, so I'm dusting off the, the jacket and I'm throwing it back on, man. We're back. You are, you are. I mean, if people don't know, your YouTube channel, if they listen to the show and they still don't go to it, I don't know what they're doing, but... You have been dropping a ton of VOD reviews around some of the star players, really all the star players in the scene. What made you like, I want to know what just made you start doing that again? What made you go, I'm going to do VOD reviews instead of, you know, all these, all the, I mean, think of all the other things you've been known for throughout the years of Fortnite so far with tips and tricks and, and all yeah, the rotation it, things, everything you've done. Why VOD reviews? It was like a combination of both, man. You know, I, I'm, I'm still always doing the updates, the news and, and the content, right? But when you put it all together, we're looking at the best players. So I get to talk about their history, kind of their stakes and what it is that they put into the game. And then also, obviously, we're looking to get better and improve, right? So it's these long form kind of episodes where we really sit down and give the people something to digest. So with Epic announcing all the new competitive roadmap and stuff, that got me going. And that spark ignited the entire youtube channel i was like i'm ready now i'm ready like i'm ready to go for it epic's ready to go for it so well as a caster you know i'm sure obviously you have ton of experience in fortnite but does going through these vod reviews also teach you something like as a youtuber do you ever learn something when you're doing all these videos by yourself my my casting has been elevated tenfold because when i sit down and then I see, I'll use Benji Fishy, for example. It's not just like I'm talking, oh, Benji Fishy, big profile. Everyone knows him. No, I'm like, dude, I know where Benji lands. I know how he's playing his drop spot. I know who he's very likely to encounter and what he's very likely to do. And then applying that to my cast. And you're talking for a number of different players that I'm reviewing constantly. I feel elevated. I'm literally on my A game as a caster. So um, the, even the live streams, I stop doing playing content. Like I'm not playing I'm just jumping on, reviewing, and I'm, I'm literally all in. I'm putting my marbles into this atmosphere of learning about the best players and then being able to deliver it for the best players. That's awesome, man. Yeah, guys, go check out the videos. They are great. I watched a couple of them today as well. Uh, so make sure you are going over to Monster's YouTube channel and checking them out. Make sure you follow us on, the Fortnite, on Twitter at The Fortnite Podcast. And speak of like using your experience to do other things, Monster, I lost a va I, I launched a Valorant show as well, the Valorant show, uh, which is a podcast I'm doing uh, under UMG. And so, if you guys like Valorant, go check it out over there, the Valorant show. Uh, been having a lot of fun. You been playing Valorant, Monster, at all? Yeah, man, bit? I just hit plat two, so I, I do my okay, solo. Okay, don't rub it in here with don't your plat lie. two nonsense. Yeah. Okay, I, uh, look, I wake look. up, so it's so funny. Like I don't really, like I said, I'm not playing a lot against it, but I am just. Doing my one-off kind of like ranked yeah, yeah, game. Yeah. I'll jump on play. Okay. And it's just like Fortnite focused, the comp stuff. Um, but yeah, no, I, I still love Valorant. It's a cool game. Yeah, we're going to have to talk some Valorant one day. You'll just come over <laughs> and talk with me and Taylor on the Valorant show. Yeah, hey, so. I'll get on that pod. Let so, me know. Yeah, yeah. Check it out, guys. The Valorant show uh, everywhere, just like everywhere with the Fortnite podcast. But, dude, let's jump into some Fortnite talk, man. I want to talk a little about this. FNCS Finals online. It was a big deal, big weekend. We saw the tweets. We saw the stuff going on. Just give me a rundown, man. Like, what is it for people that didn't get to catch it, didn't get to watch all weekend? 
I don't, I don't know what else they were doing sitting at their house. I mean, we are still in confinement here, but uh, no, maybe they actually ventured out and did some fun stuff. Uh, but uh, but what, what, what happened, man? What was the big takeaways from FNCS? FNCS, three weeks of competition all came down to the 100 best in the region. Epic did something really cool for this one. Um, it was called an invitational for a reason, because if you place in the top 100 in any of their most previous FNCSs, you were invited. You got a free pass beyond the opening week. So they gave opportunity for new players to step up, brought in all the veterans, making it yeah. like literally the best of the best coming into week one. And then they did something extraordinary. They allowed a reboot round. So if you were knocked out of the competition, you can come back in a one-day kind of a format and style to see if you can you know, earn your place amongst the best of the best. And then all the weekends were two-day formats. So it's not just one day, six to 10 games. It was instead broken apart across two days of competition. So we actually had a full-on lengthy, like, a lot of games, a lot of content, did, and did anybody a lot of come from it. that from that reboot round that really surprised you? I mean, the person that took NA East, it was furious. There he you literally go. came in from the open track. There was a lot of players that made it all the way up to week two through the open track. And the big kind of controversy, of course, was these controller players that move from this and that, and they're going crazy. And they were. They were dominating, man. That opens qualifier week. I'm not going to lie. It was tough to cast because there was a lot of drum gun just jumping in boxes and aggro plays. And there was a, I think this dude named, uh, what was it, Flawless dropped a 30 bomb to like qualify. Like something ridiculous, just ridiculous gameplay. I mean, was, was, so you, you mentioned the controller. I got to ask you. Uh, we, I mean, we've heard the rumors that there's going to be this nerf coming, right? Um, uh, do like... Was it as bad as it seems when you look at social media and you see the highlights? And as you mentioned, obviously casting, it sounded like there was, there was some difficulties there. Is, was it as bad or is it as bad as it seems? Is the, uh, is the aim assist that bad to deal with as a PC player? I think it's just becoming more and more... Or mouse and uh, keyboard player, should I say, not PC, because these are, these are controller yeah, yeah, yeah. players. Just so everybody kind of understands, these are control players on PC that are on PC. happening. So for mouse and keyboard players, is it that hard to deal with? It's, it's the advantage that they do have. The, the gap between, uh, or the time where controller players didn't have mechanical skills, so keyboard and mouse can like, you know, outshine them, or right. you know what I mean? The gap was wide enough. That gap is closed. It's literally non-existent. These controller players have now mastered how it, you know, what it takes to build with all the tweaks and the customization, yeah. et cetera. And the advantage is the amount of shots that they can connect is actually ridiculous in these close quarter combats. And they're realizing that high fire rate weapons just outshine shotguns. And um, yeah, they were using it to their advantage. Why, and now why, more why players, not give the keyboard players some little bit of aim assist? No, I mean, no, absolutely you know, not. I mean, someone, someone just got banned from OCE for that, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, he downloaded aim assist. It, it, this is so ridiculous. Literally downloaded aim assist, put it into his rig, and was he was performing out of his mind, by the way, wow. on PC. He was caught, he was banned, and there's yeah, yeah, there's something that. to talk there. We're not gonna do too much about that, guys. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That's our take on it. Interesting stuff. Yeah, that's our take. That's our take for sure. I mean uh one thing's for sure whether you no matter what you do in fortnite if you end up cheating you will get discovered i mean that that definitely is happening they catch him from colluding to again installing what would be soft assistance right um, and again to to be determined right but hey the evidence was damning 
So, I mean, do you expect because, and, and just to kind of round out the the whole controller thing, we've talked about it for three years now on this show, off on and off. Getting crazier. Uh, do you do you do you think that the game is going to suddenly be in a much better place for players as a whole um, because Amosis is gone? Like, is it going to make the gameplay, or is it going to make these events that much, I guess, better? per se or it all it all comes down to how they end up balancing it and adjusting it um in the vod review series just for the listeners that i've been doing i've also been inviting players so a lot of them have player interviews attached to it uh the controller players like wavy jacob scalet they've jumped in and i've asked them that same question what do you think about the change that's coming is it are you nervous for it uh kind of mapped it out best he literally was excited for it because back when controller players dominating was like something people looked at and were proud of. That's where his rise came from. Now they're all kind of, you know, this is blanket over the, uh, this, this whole shrouded kind of, you know, mystery of whether or not they deserve to be where they are. And controller players, the really good ones are happy that the changes come in because they're going to be able to prove themselves again. That's what's most respect. exciting to me. That's what's most exciting yes. is for, is for me to see some of these control players that are actually really good and, and then show no that longer have this asterisk by their name that says, you know, they're a controller player. That's the only reason why, right? Like for me yeah. as a fan that watches and is able to like really enjoy the game at a high level, like that's the biggest thing is because I, I grew up as a controller player, right? Like although I'm playing a lot of mouse and keyboard now, like I, I have this a little bit of like tie and cheer in, inside my soul for these players uh, that have done it. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm happy to not have their asterisk next to their name. I, would I mean, think, think about it. Though. I was yeah, just gonna yeah. say that that's that's why the fandom around Nick Merckx and Aiden all grew. Yeah. They were the pioneers of controller scene, and now you you know they get all the flack. Like so, we'll see though. We'll see where it goes. Dude, Nick Merckx's new room is amazing. By the way, hey, if you man. guys haven't seen <laughs> yeah. him streaming in that thing, feeling that, it, bro. That thing is. F- Anyways, okay. So back to FNCS. Uh, well. Like for you, what were what were the big takeaways then from this finals weekend, man? What 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 were you predicting going in? We didn't get to talk about it. I wanted to, but we didn't get to predict what you were going into. And then you got the results. So kind of walk me through kind of what you thought the overall picture was and how you felt about the outcome. Just looking at the format, I know a lot of people felt like the elimination incentive uh, was way too high. It turns out that the elimination incentive was just perfect for a grand final settings. Mm. Um, I'll look at NA East and give you guys a little context. For example, Kanata played very, very well placement-wise. Not a lot of Elims. He literally came in the top three. But Furious was on the other track. He did more of the Elim style. That was his play style. Um, Still did good placements, and he came first in the competition. But it shows you that there was a proper balance between the two sides of the spectrum. And that's how it should be in the tournament. Players should be able to play to their kind of strong suits and come up on top based off, uh, just straight up based off of their play styles. So like, uh, Kanata was actually fourth, just to clarify that. But that was my takeaway, is that the format was great. The two-day um, you know, round of competition was exciting. It really set the stakes high, allowed for players to be the best that they can, the most consistent to pull through. And then the reboot round that was so, so dope of Epic to finally try this kind of redemption round, right? The loser's bracket, you want to call it that, and allow players to come up on it. Well, we saw a lot of names still at the top, you know, making top 15 that we've seen around. You know, you've had Bizzle, you've had Zate, you've had a lot of these guys coming in and out. Um, you know, the Epic Whale. I mean, we saw a lot of names that we've always known. But what names yes. were that we didn't know that surprised you the most? 
oh, there was a bunch coming into the competition, especially like in NA East, like you had players like Miro, FN, who came like top five, you know, in the weeks kind of lead up. And um, even Furious, uh, players like Cheater Neon, who came seventh on NA East. These are guys that weren't quite known before this. And even now, like people aren't giving them their respect because of the whole, again, the controller debate. Like, did they get a free pass through this FNCS has been the big question. But at the same time, let me talk about how some players who played on the console cup and they won big money from the console cup, bought PCs and entered into this competition through the invite. They came through and they showed up. Players like Big 60, players like Lizen from EU. These are guys that were on comps and they were like, oh, if you come from comps to the PC, you can't hang with the Wolves. Yeah, nah, yeah. man, they were out there. They're proving it. And they made it, a few of them made it to grand finals, which um, again, they, they were going against all odds, going against the current and proving themselves. So really cool stories unfolded this weekend. How, for you, the event, online versus these events that we've had in person for so long, right? The hype, the build. I, although I think, especially when Shy is on, I, I love watching Shy Wager like Cass. Like to me, he just gets so excited, like the inner kid in me trying to say stuff too, you know? And I love watching him and Ball as well. And so they, I think all the guys, including yourself, everybody does a great job of building the excitement online. But there's, there's that little bit of crowd missing, right? That little bit of feel yeah. that, you, that you get sometimes in our online event or on the, uh, the in-person events, should I say, that we've had throughout the past couple of years. And you've been at those. How does this event, how does this finals line up to, to those big moments? I mean, let me, let me say this straight up and down. There's nothing like a crowd. There's nothing like an in-person reaction and being there and living in the moment. That high is... Oh man, I, I crave it. You know what I mean? It's something that I I really hope and, and, you know, wish that we can relive again sometime soon. But, um, beyond that, for what it's worth, for what we were able to pull in an online setting, man, it's like relearning the wheel of casting a little bit. Um, we have, you know, external cameras just trying to give each other's hand signals because in person you could just tap like, no, wait, wait, let me go. Or like, you know what I mean? You can literally feed off an in-person energy and that's a real thing. He like, being able to feel the thunderous projection of your co-caster standing next to you in the heat of the moment while you guys are spitballing the endgame, that's a great feeling. Not having that as a caster on the back end of things, it's a lot harder. We're you know, literally trying to give each other hand signals now and um, trying to bring the best enjoyment uh, and show possible. So learning how to cast in a remote setting has been interesting, but I think we've gotten better and better uh, just from the opens week till now. That's not even to mention how this invitational was also an invitation for new casters too. So we brought in a lot of new people. And as the old guard, as the old casters, it was our job to kind of, you know, show them the epic way and the ropes and the way we do things. So it's been awesome, man. Just kind of being like the veteran in the space. Yeah, I think it's cool that you guys are solving for things. Like typically we could tap each other, but right here we're going to have a hand. Ca- like that is awesome. Yeah, literally we have cameras on in our rooms and like where normally we would have a green room where all the talent hangs out. So instead we all hang out in the discord with the cameras on and, we literally kick back and you know what I mean? I like like that's the vibe. So yeah. we bring what we know from the real shows to the, you know, in the best way we emulate it within our, um, our private chats. Well, you know, speak of catchers, I'll go ahead and move on to this, this topic that came through some people, you know, it's, it's definitely said you, you're close to all the casters. You handle a lot of stuff that's happening there. Right. 
Uh, we've been friends for the past three years. I know a lot of the casters as well. So when someone says something about casters, yes, both of us will probably, you know, kind of perk up our ears and definitely listen to it. But the one thing is for sure, we're both of us. I feel like our 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 personalities are always open to criticism. Is right, right? Like, and yep. we want to get better, right? We want to continue, but sometimes criticism doesn't have a place. Um, and for instance. When a 12-year-old, or should I say 15-year-old, sometimes says something just to get a reaction, to me, uh, it definitely doesn't have a place. But you took the time to actually kind of reply to it a little bit. And I want to bring up this quote from Young Calculator. Uh, he says, dude, I'm going to be the first to say it, but the casters just aren't good. I'm not going to attack anyone, but Epic needs to either get some people to teach half of the current casters how to get cast or get, get new casters. The casting is this bad. He goes on to say, I, I really don't want to call out anybody seriously, blah, blah, blah. Don't even talk. Okay, look, first off, you don't want to call out anybody. You just did call out everybody. Okay? Call out everybody, like, quite er literally. Er literally everybody. Second of all, I am, we are very fortunate in this community to have dedicated casters, okay? And not only dedicated casters that are continually trying to get better at their job, learning, critiquing each other, but also casters that are like dedicated to the fan base and to the player base, right? So many people, you can go into other games and they're not invested in the community. They're not invested into the player base and what's really happening, want to help people. So for me, immediately when they say casters, I don't even put myself in that in that in that group. That's that's a whole different group of people. That's you guys and Shio and and all you guys over there, right? But for me, you're my friends, and I'm like, dude, this brother's out here throwing fire at people that he yeah, doesn't know crazy how much time and how much effort they put into this. And he thinks what? Just because he doesn't like one single time that, that casting didn't go the greatest or because somebody knew that you guys are pulling in to try to help grow and, and teach them things? Like, yeah, that's what they're doing. And you're over here just like, ah, these guys suck. Epic, Listen, need to let, me, let me tell you, it was, it was hard to stay diplomatic and political in this yeah. kind of situation but i couldn't i couldn't sit there and not say anything so i did respond i just told them like flat out listen dude i straight up disagree i think our premier casters are fire we all put in so much work into this game it will be ridiculous for you to discredit us as far as how far we've come how much we actually know about the games and then you look at the comments and how many people are like flaming him for it like bro this is not it. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. people going to bat for me and people going to bat for all the casters because it was, it was ridiculous. Granted, of course, we're not perfect. Everyone is himself, right? Everyone in the world has room for improvement. But he's out of his mind to really go at the head of all the casters because of the one call or one play that he thought was out of place. Or honestly, what comes down to personal preference with people casting. Um, so yeah, no, he was crazy, bro. Well, it brings me it brings me to like the question. I think we've we might have even mentioned this before. Is it seems like a lot of the the older older group of Fortnite, right? The older players, Psalms, some of those other people we've even had on the show previously, they've moved on a little bit from Fortnite in a way, right? They it's not their main focus, and they might be something that they do a little bit, but we've seen this big regime of like the younger crowd, right? These 13, 14, 15, 16 year old kids that at Fortnite has been great to to give them this opportunity now rise up and because they're starting to get these platforms they suddenly think they can just throw shade wherever they want it and to me like that actually hurts Fortnite that like a comment like this from a big known player like him hurts Fortnite it hurts the community uh and so 
my take to you, my question to you is, is this, and now we look back and we see these younger players that are rising up and coming through the scene. If you're Epic, do you look back at it and go, God, did we do the right thing by allowing 13-year-olds plus to play, or should we have kept it at 18? Yeah, it's just one of those things that they'll have to learn through their own trials by fire, man. And it, it, it's, it goes back to what I say. It's not what you say, it's how you say it. You know, it, it's one thing to throw your opinion out there, but it's another thing to throw a constructive opinion out there, or, you know, single out a, an issue, right, and then try to come to some kind of solution. When you just take crap and throw it out the wall and hope that it sticks, man, that's how, that's how you make a mess on your floor. That's what he did right there. You know, nothing stuck. He's just ended up in a messy pool in his house right here. Um, but no, I don't, I don't think Epic really regrets it, man. I think, you know, from the outside looking in, even Slasher released a tweet talking about um, only in Fortnite can a 15-year-old jump on, play from home, and earn $120,000, right? And, and walk away, uh, you know, a new man, essentially, right? Yeah. Setting up himself for success. So no, I don't think they regret that at all. The good outweighs the bad by far in this situation. Well, um, speaking of good ways out the bad, how about this whole griefing situation? Like, let's talk a little Ooh. about that. Let's see if we can hear the inside here from, from you know, our friend Ninja. I want to I play this clip. To every single player that sees this who's competing in the Fortnite FNCS solos, who um, will co- continue to compete in the Fortnite tournaments, Cash Cups, Duo Cups, Trio Cups, whatever. Do not grieve players during tournaments because you no longer have a chance of qualifying. Just because you can't win now and you can't qualify doesn't mean that you need to go and ruin a, a top streamer or YouTuber or whoever's time and chance at qualifying and making money when they might not even be able to, like, you, you know what I mean? Like, you don't even know what you're doing. You don't even know what, you, what you're really doing. What if this person needs this money? Like, you don't know what they're going through. You don't know what their family's going through, especially in a time like this, man. People don't even, you guys, and you're, people aren't even comprehending that. Don't grief players because your tournament is over. Don't land somewhere else and try to ruin someone else's tournament because you choked or sucked and now can't qualify. Okay? Find out what you did wrong and improve the next tournament. There's going to be a next tournament. This also goes out to people who actually have an audience and have a platform. You guys have to lead by example. I think these people know who I'm talking about. Don't go and grief other people's games because, oh, they griefed yours. You have a huge audience. You guys have followings. You have to lead by example. You have to be pillars in the community. Just don't stoop to their level. Okay, be better than that. Be better than them. And, and just uh, just be a good role model, man. There's so many people who are watching you, thousands, tens of thousands of people watching you guys every day, watching you guys compete. And uh, you guys just have to set a good example and uh, try to stay above it. I think it's really important uh, that we have figures like Ninja Tyler that will come out and say certain things to the community um, that most people wouldn't say. Summit even popped up summit 1g even came in is like what is happening here like he you know obviously disagreeing with it as well uh this is a problem for me um and i agree with ninjas is in just because you you sucked like that's the reality today you sucked today you didn't play your game and now you're gonna go run somebody else and i know before we kind of talked about like you know previous episodes maybe like maybe that's part of the game a little bit maybe that's kind of things that happen but is it gone too far 
like monster is 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 what's happening now players throwing unknown armies whole situation right is 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 that something that now we're going to just kind of take in and condone or like does the community stand up and say even more so like tyler hey we're not going to do this anymore and do pro players start taking that advice yeah, no, there's a difference between griefing and strategy uh, in this situation. This is definitely someone who, you know, took, took, took a little dance in the Fortnite world and made it personal. Like, um, I, I, as it was all unfolding, I'm just thinking to myself, like, dude, you're going to lose real friends over this. Like, you're out here ruining their chances. You're, you know, it's, it's your legacy that you leave on the line here. And your impression that you're... Mm kind of leaving here is is terrible i'm happy like nrg stepped in or whatever and must have gave him a little pep talk because his apology was a good apology i'm happy he did kind of come to his senses but yeah when you outright say i'm just gonna land on you and ruin your tournament and now you have you know this other pro player in his head right and clicks i'm talking about here now all of a sudden having to change the strategy and, and think about the worst case scenario because all he wants to do is play well and yeah. all he was doing up in that uh, up until that point was playing his game so what if he dumped on you like literally, like Ninja said, like you, you just got bested on. Like it's all right. Um, yeah, no, it's not okay for players to grieve. It's actually against the TOS, and people are saying, like, bro, you could be banned for this. And imagine if he was, everyone would be mad at Epic. But yeah, at the yeah, same yeah. time, it's like you want to go break rules, right? So like, you know, you, you got to keep your competitive integrity. I'll give an example of, of, of where players use strategy to take another player out the tournament. This happened the previous FNCS. Nate and Dillix, who went to be the champions of FNCS duos, they actually gatekept um, Mongrel and Benji Fishy out of grand finals because they played the same area. And then they, um, yeah, they targeted them to eliminate them from the lobby from their landing spot so that they could be free for grand finals and went, went on to win grand finals. But they didn't decide in grand finals, you know what, I'm playing like trash. I'm just gonna ruin your whole game. That's not what they did. They didn't, they didn't go, you know, be, be, you know, I, I, for lack of a better word, just dumb. Okay, okay. I'm gonna hold my my tongue here, but they didn't go make silly mistakes. Yeah. Instead, employ strategy. How do you feel about having these set locations that you almost basically have to drop to? It's not that they have to drop to it. It's just that no, no, I'm saying, oh, like, man. what if, what if, what if in the future this is something that to help avoid this? It's almost like the whole actually falling out of the bus is basically null and void. You're gonna basically kind of like start- the PUBG style yeah. where you pick and claim. Yeah, it's so interesting, man. It's kind of already like that. Like we literally run these elite scrims and stuff in the lead up to the events. P- people know where they're at. Literally, they go on Twitter and they're like, "I'm landing here. You land on me. Yeah, I'm yeah, griefing yeah. you." You know what I mean? We already have it without Epic employing it um, or enforcing it. So I don't know. I think it's all silly. I think people should definitely be able to be flexible in their game and have backup drops and stuff like that. Um, it's just when you, when it comes down to like publicly saying you're going to do stuff and you know what I mean? With that mega influence now, now you're starting up a a different problem. Do you think that, do you, do you, do you think at any time, like you said, you know, if Epic came in and and banned him for TOS violation, do you, do you ever see Epic stepping in and doing something like that? I mean, I definitely, it's possible. It's so possible. Look at how many people have been banned just recently. People get banned all the time for teaming, soft teaming, what looks like teaming or, you know what I mean? It only takes one video and one, you know, real earnest uh, report that looks credible and you're banned. So if they just did that and they take replays because unknown was literally going into the replay client, grabbing sections of where he was landing and saying, I'm going right there and then targeting that drop spot. So he was actively live streaming against the rules of the tournament 
um, to go in and you know land on clicks in, in what was custom lobby. So I don't know, man. I think it's all crazy, and I think I do think the community be they would be so mad. His fan base would be pissed off because you got to think about the the complete dummies that actually side with unknown and think that he's doing something good. Yeah, yeah. land on clicks, right? Trying to enforce this, uh, like encourage it. Like, no, absolutely not, bro. Let clicks play his game. Play your game. Well, one thing is for sure, no matter where, whether we're, you know, in, in New York or we're in L.A. or we're online watching the FNCS finals, the competition is real, right? Like, and it, and it is definitely heated 100%. Things are happening where people are getting mad at each other. They're, they're you know, they're literally going Always and trying drama. to ruin, ruin other people's games. So, but it comes down to this for me, the win. Does the win online feel as great, right, for a player? Is it as, is it as big as of an accomplishment, should I say, to win online on a tournament like this as it is to win, right, at a, you know, at a, at a, a PAX, right, or at a big event that we have around the world? Obviously, Fortnite World Cup's on a different scale of its own. A few people didn't go to it, and we never have one again. God, you missed one of the greatest events of my life. But besides that event, Winning, say, at like PAX, right? Or winning at uh, TwitchCon. Those are huge moments in somebody's career. Is that moment of winning online at the SCN's finals as big as those moments? Does it mean as much? I, th- I think it does mean as much to the person, but from the outside world looking in, and maybe even for a player who's experienced maybe both, there has to be that magical feeling of hearing the crowd and seeing everyone yeah. chant for you and picking up an actual tangible trophy or check do, do you think person. it makes people play That's different cool. like playing online versus knowing they're going to an event does that make them play different yeah yeah there's some that are like kings of lands like there are players that can hold that composure and literally you know perform in in-person settings and that is a key to their success where there's others that don't perform very well in online competition does that take this away from the doing. from the difficulty that you think really is competitive esports like having to go somewhere else adapt in that I think, moment I think it's play on a different setup like I think it's two different skill sets, man. I think I think it's admirable either which way when you look at it. Being able to play when everyone is has no excuse, like you are at home in your your favorite setting, you can't beat this guy. But then someone else who like plays even better because they managed to hold down the stress factor that is playing in this land environment. That's also admirable, right? So I think both have their own perks and you know qualities of their own, right. and and you can't take away from either which one. So tell me. Monster, you've been around all events. You've seen people come in and out of the scene. You, you, you've been right there in front of them. Who is it that came into FCF Finals, number one, that you, you didn't really have on your radar that now you're like, bro, this, this kid, this girl, this guy are just, they are on fire, and you better watch out. The coming this next six months, they are going to blow up. Who is that person, who are a couple of people, whoever it is, that really shocked you coming out of FNCS Finals? I think I think some of the bigger names and that people forget about, like Kanata was slept on all That's the way true. through. Kanata, ah. everyone says that he's a choke artist when it comes down to grand finals and stuff, but but they discredit like DreamHack Anaheim, which is an in-person event in California. He showed up, he went through the open calls, and he came like top 15, I think, towards the end. And now he bested that performance, pulling a top fourth, and he was counted out as a grand finalist. And then Assault, who came second in this competition as well, very consistent. People forget that in the Elite Cup, he bested all of your favorite players as well. And he won the Elite Cup that was, you know, produced by the practice server in the community. Yeah. But still, he won a, a what would be a minor tournament 
but still on the grand scale of all the same skill players. And he comes second in this time. But he was, he was not counted into the competition and still came out on top. But players that you always got to keep an eye on, Zayt, Bizzle, they come through. They always manage to find a victory royale somehow, some way. When it comes down to the highest caliber competition, they're just winners, man. Yeah. And they, they manage to stay relevant. Yeah, I mean, it's always great to see them win. And, and what I think is interesting is no matter how long this goes on, those few names keep popping up, right? They keep, yeah. they keep coming to the top over and over and over. Well, before we get out of here, and as tradition has it, we got to have a tips and tricks moment with our man, Monster D Face. You ask, do we have tips? Of course. And do we have tricks? Oh, yes, we do. So listen up. All right, Monster, a couple things here today. Uh, what is your biggest takeaway from FNCS that could help fans? What did you see maybe in playing, maybe something you learned, maybe something you observed that's kind of happening in the game now that would really be helpful to fans? Uh, and maybe it's part of, you know, some of the big keys you've been hitting on in your videos with their keys to rotation and what they've been doing. So uh, what is it? What is the big takeaway that you think you can pass along to fans here? I think smarts, man. Playing smart. You, you see just a so, such a wide caliber of player performing right now. Um, ultimately, at the top of the food chain, there's players with amazing game sets performing. And there's players with uh, just, you know, raw, just, you know, domination kind of up there as well. If you play to your strengths, you're going to come out on top and you play your game, you're going to come out on top. I would say outside of just going to my archives on YouTube and seeing different play styles all unfold in their best kind of form, uh, we did see some interesting rotation styles, especially from Zayt. So check out Zayt's gameplay. Check out what he kind of managed to pull off. He was doing some interesting kind of zone six uh, healing in the storm zone and then rotating late. Um, it was a double-edged sword. We saw one time it backfired, another time it played in his favor. So, you know, something to take in mind how players are constantly innovating. This is why I say you got to keep an eye on, on players like Zayt and Bizu who are at the front of innovation in the game and who are constantly changing the landscape of Fortnite. Yeah, I even remember watching uh, one of your videos was more than Mr. S- the Mr. Savage video, one of the latest ones you did, and talking about how his rotation, when he came out and how he actually like was knew where other people were located, right? And in, 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 other, in other drop zones and making sure how he rotated, knowing where they would rotate, right? So like, yeah, all, of, like all this knowledge that is actually there um, and watching these players and how they play, how, how well they are you know, precise and knowing, hey, where my enemies are located, where their rotations are at so that I can make a better rotation uh, and staying out of you know, fire and, 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 and out of these lanes that definitely have uh, their, their competition right in front of them. And it's almost, it, it, it's funny to me because people always ask me a lot of time, like, you know, uh, hey, Troy, you know, what is, what is Fortnite competitive? Like, what it, games in general? Yeah, I get a lot of questions around eSports competitive, you know, and I'm like, have you ever played a chess match? where you just didn't figure out like how the heck that person got there. That's what Fortnite's like to me. Fortnite's literally like, I'm playing somebody in chess and all the time I'm like, checkmate, how the crap did they get there? Yeah. Right? That's constantly happening over and over and over. Uh, And I think that's what's so fun when you watch FNCS and you watch these finals you guys have done. And by the way, props to you and your team, all the casters, like for for a great job uh, and providing some great content for us all to watch and enjoy as well. So... That's my takeaway from FNCS. I really enjoyed watching you guys do your thing, uh, and I can't wait for the next one. But 
As always, guys, thank you so much for, for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Yeah, the shows have been crazy because Monster's been casting FNCS finals, and I've been working during the week. So, like, when he's hard at work, work, work on the weekends, I'm hard I at know. work during the week, and we haven't been able to circle <laughs> up. But we're, we're, we're going to keep doing what we can uh, to provide you guys with some shows and get them out there. Uh, Monster, for those that don't know, where can they find you throughout the week? As always, guys, at Monster Deface on all social media, preferably on YouTube. Videos are banging right now. And of course, you can find just a number of different like types of content. So come through, check it out. And uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode today. It was definitely a fun one to retouch base. The boy too loud. Yeah, we got to get we got to get Levin on here soon. Got to yeah. chat with that brother a little bit. Get get some of his insight. You guys together. I know if you had learned, listened to some of the smaller episodes we've released previous previously, guys, you probably really enjoyed uh, some of the, the the real deep competitive talk whenever you have a man like Levin on. So uh, we need to get him on some more as well. But we'll be back around, guys. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at the Fortnite Podcast. Myself, Too Loud TX, Monster, Monster D Face, just like it sounds. Check me out on the on the Valorant show as well, guys. And as always, and until next time, dance out those kills and boast in those victory royales. <laughs>